You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to as normal. You'll hear from Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach. Some of his thoughts, some of the highlights from his weekly press conference. We'll get to those. You'll also hear from new BYU starting quarterback Jaron Hall, the first black American quarterback to start a game in a BYU uniform. He talks about what it means to make history in that regard for BYU, as well as just his excitement and readiness factor as they head to South Florida this coming weekend. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports, former Cougars and the pros, a big game over the weekend for Jimmer Fredette in EuroLeague action, so a lot to get to as normal. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor on the podcast, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued patronage of this show. We are also brought to you today by our good friends at Vivid Seats. Let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for October 8th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download this show wherever you download it. We are available everywhere podcasts are to be found. So if you're new to the podcast, what it is is we aim to be your one-stop shop for all things BYU news each and every day, covering the width and breadth of all things BYU athletics with a particular focus on BYU football and basketball. But we don't uh, discriminate, and we will cover everything under the sun when it comes to BYU sports. Let's start off today with Kalani Sitake's weekly press conference as we normally do on Tuesdays. He spoke to the media yesterday. Some of you have probably heard these comments. Wanted to get to to some of the highlights of what he had to say uh, talking about his BYU football program. We'll start off with his thoughts on what South Florida BYU's opponent this coming Saturday at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida brings to the table a lot of athleticism and speed and you know and I know Coach Strong he's been around for a long time and, and they'll have those guys playing hard and, and they're coming off a win so we're going to their house and we have to be ready for this game more than anything we respect them a lot and from my purpose we're just trying to get our team ready it doesn't really matter who we play against this week we're going to respect them and scout them like we have been but I'm more con- more concerned with how we're playing as a unit more than anything right now there you go, Kalani Sitake, and I think he echoes what a lot of us think about the South Florida Bulls, a team that is fast and athletic, but they have not had a good run lately. I know they beat UConn last week, and some people are trumpeting that, Well, they could beat BYU. UConn is awful. I'm going to get that out of the way right now. BYU should go into this game as the favorite. They have been made the favorite by the odds makers. We talked about that yesterday. BYU should be favored to win this game. If they go and take care of business, I think South Florida will crumble. They're not a great program. They're not in a great spot right now. Charlie Strong very much on the hot seat when it comes to South Florida. And I would expect if BYU can go in and get after them early, I think they might crumble there. And it would be the first win for BYU in Florida in program history. Now, Kalani Sitake also talked a lot about what's kind of plaguing BYU, what he wants to see cleaned up. Well, in particular, as BYU approaches the midway point of their season, they're 2-3 and three on the year. This will be game six. They'll be officially at the midway point after this game in terms of the regular season. He says the penalties and some of the uh, self-inflicted wounds that BYU has had affecting them this year and his entire tenure, they need to go away. 
a lot of the, the mistakes that happened with really young guys and, and inexperienced guys, and they just got to grow up, you know, and, and know the game and know the position they're in. And that's just, that's their, their job. And I think they're willing to do that. And as coaches, we need to make sure that we get them ready. We've taught this emphasis on getting our depth ready. And, and that also includes making sure that the young guys are in a position where they can have success and they and minimize their mistakes. And mistakes are part of the game. We always said that effort and um, grit will get you through some of those mistakes but there's a lot of times that we the self-inflicted wounds we're mid-season form now that, that should never ever happen there you go and i th- i took away from that kalani satake is telling his young players grow up and play the game the right way uh it, the boneheaded mistakes that byu players have made that have just absolutely crippled this team in critical downs and distances this season you can think back to games like the toledo game the most recent game utah etc they have hurt themselves in more ways than one. If they can get out of their own way, BYU be much better off. We'll see if they're able to figure that out and, and move on. But Kalani Satake obviously is over that and wants his team to get to get to a point where he doesn't have to worry about addressing this issue. And I completely understand that. Now, uh, Kalani was asked yesterday if the, this game at South Florida, if there's any added urgency or if it's even a must-win mentality for the Cougars as they try to even their record at 3-3. Three and three. And here's what he had to say. There's been a sense of urgency every week, you know, and that's, um, I think... Uh, is this some sort of, like, make it or break it? No, I don't... No, this is this week, and we just had an extra week to prepare for it, but I don't think like that. I just think of the make it or break it for me is we need to play our best, and, and, and we need to see improvement. That's what I control, and I'm saying it to you, but I should be looking in the mirror, so this is stuff that, that I'm urgent to get fixed, and the players deserve it, and the fans deserve it, so I'm looking forward to making it happen. There you go, Kalani Satake, and I, I see what he's trying to say. He's saying that my focus is just on this game, but let's be real. If BYU were to drop this game, drop to 2-4, and four, then you're staring at a gone of nationally ranked uh, Boise State coming to Provo the following week. Tough game there, by the way. That game time has been set, 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2. So a late night game, the first weekend late night game for BYU uh, this year. And BYU's had a good run of kickoffs so far this year, so you expected an 8.15 game to show up at some point. But if you're facing Boise State and then a bye week and then Utah State after that, you could be staring down the barrel of 2-6 and six and having to battle back for bowl eligibility with a four-game run in November. It's not a good look. BYU needs to take care of business against South Florida, or you're looking at a potentially second season in four years for Kalani Satake without a bowl game. That would be a bad deal for him as a head coach and the program overall. Now, Jaron Hall takes over as the starting quarterback for BYU. Well, Kalani Satake talked a lot about his new signal caller, and here's what he thought about Jaron Hall and, uh, using the bye week to get him ready for this game at South Florida. Yeah, he's extremely confident, and uh, I think he's ready for this moment, and I'm really excited for him. I know he's really excited, and the players are, are responding to him well, and, and uh, you know, Zach still has a, a role, is there as a, as a mentor and help, help coach it's all he can do right now and be a support to his teammates. And I thought uh, we had really, really good practices last week with Jaron running the show and gave some opportunities for Joe and for Baylor to get some reps as well. There you go, Kalani Satake talking about Jaron Hall. And that bye week, it very much came at a good time for BYU as they tried to get Jaron Hall up to speed. And he's a young man, you're going to hear from him here in just a minute, who is very confident in his abilities. Well, Kalani Satake was asked yesterday about his athleticism, speaking of Hall, why he ultimately didn't move to another position. Well, here's what Kalani Satake had to say in, in that regard. 
I think he can play a lot of different positions because he's athletic. He can do a lot of different things, but his focus was being able to throw the ball and be a quarterback, and that's why we've kept him pretty much at that position. And, you know, we've used him a little bit here and there on different things and schemes, but he came here to play quarterback, and I'm fortunate that there there was an injury, but uh, really happy that, that he's ready to seize the moment and take advantage of the opportunity that he has for him. Jaron Hall's an athletic player. There's no doubt about it. I know there's been a lot of talk. Well, could he move to running back? Could he contribute for BYU at another level? At another position, not another level. Well, I get that, but he has always wanted to be a quarterback for BYU. He's always wanted to make history for the Cougars, potentially, uh, coming out of high school, as the first black American quarterback to start a game in a BYU uniform. It appears he is on track to do so this week at South Florida. 1.30 p.m. Uh, kickoff on CBS Sports Network on Saturday. Tune in for history to be made in a BYU uniform. I think it's a cool moment in BYU history. I know there's some BYU fans out there grumbling about it, but I still think it's a history, historical moment in BYU football history, and it's cool to see nonetheless. So there you go. Some of the thoughts from Kalani Satake's weekly press conference. Good thoughts from him. We'll have more stuff for you guys throughout the week. Interviews, thoughts. Uh, we'll also get some of the um, experts from South Florida on the show as well to talk about the Bulls as they get ready to host BYU. We'll get to Jaron Hall's uh, press conference yesterday. He spoke to the media as well. But real quick reminder for you guys that to make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout and you can receive a discount of up to $100. Reminder for you guys, when you guys are on about driving around in your vehicle, make sure to plug in your smart device, tell it play podcast locked on Cougars. And even when you're at home, use your smart speakers at home, tell it play podcast locked on Cougars to play the latest episode of locked on Cougars. That way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news. This is locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. I had a chance to sit down with the rest of the media and Jaron Hall, BYU's new starting quarterback yesterday during media availability in Provo. Um, Rather than cut it up and not let you hear all of it, I'm going to let you hear everything that Jaron Hall had to say to the media yesterday. This young man is straightforward and to the point with his comments. He's smart, he's calculated, and I, I, frankly, I completely understand the approach he's taken to this game against South Florida and being the starting quarterback for BYU. So here you go, Jaron Hall, BYU starting quarterback on Locked On Cougars. How's it feel? To be sitting here, you know, starting quarterback going into this week. Yeah, good. You know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, ready to go play, you know, show what I can do, and just go, go get a win this weekend. Looking back, you get all those reps in spring ball throughout the offseason, Zach recovering. That almost feel like it was serendipitous in a way. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, getting increased reps in spring, you know, versus fall last year was huge. I you was know, just catching up to the, the speed of the game. You know, it's a lot faster, so I felt like I got a little more comfortable with the offense and you know, just just football in general at the college level. So I think it was uh, huge for now. What was running through your mind on that final drive, uh, the regulation against Toledo, and how did you assess your play? Yeah, just execute each play. You know, throw the ball where it needed to be. You know, go get completions, get out of bounds, and you know, just do the things that we practice every week. How excited is your dad, you know, former player here, and to your family just to see you get this opportunity and, and be the starting quarterback? I think they're very you know, proud of me. I've had a chance to talk to them, obviously, throughout the week. You know, they're excited to see me play, you know, as any, any parent would be of their, you know, their son or daughter in this position. 
did Kalen or KJ give you any advice as far as being the star? I mean, they're, they're football guys. So. Yeah, no, I just say go play, man. You know, we've had a relationship like that. So just go play and have fun. Jaron, growing up in Spanish Fork and playing for Maple Mountain, how does that prepare you, do you think, for being in this role right now? Yeah, just kidding. You know, um, you know, reps at quarterback, honestly, you know, just playing, you know, at a, at a high level in high school and, you know, expecting the same, you know, now in college. With quarterbacks, it can be easy to just, you know, nowadays with the transfer portal to go into that portal when, you know, there's a lot of competition. You're not the guy. Is it kind of just satisfying that the patience is paid off and and just to get this opportunity? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think I've, I've prepared for this opportunity, and you know, to have it come now is that's you know, what what's you know, been expected through in my career. So I'm just happy to be here. What does it mean for for you to be the, the first Black American starting quarterback here at BYU? I'm very proud of you know my um, my. Ancestors, very proud of my ethnicity and you know, all the things that come with that. So it's an honor and a privilege to be here and to be you know, playing at this wonderful university. What kind of statement do you think that makes? As far as what BYU is about and how BYU maybe has kind of progressed. Yeah, well, I mean BYU is a very special school, and you know there's all individuals from different lifestyles who you know play into why it's so special. So I think that's just uh, you know part of that being a part of the history of you know, Brigham Young University and all the special things that come with it. How important or how big was it that you were able to get a series against Toledo as far as moving forward and having that under your belt? Yeah, I think that was actually pretty huge. I think about it a lot, you know, just the feelings of being in there finally, you know, the confidence it gave me to know that, you know, I can go in and compete at the college level. And so it was good to get in there with the guys and, you know, to feel the speed of an actual game. Why did you pick BYU out of high school? Because you had options with, you know, handful packed full schools. What, what was the reason you, you chose BYU out of high school? I've always loved the university, what it was about, you know, off the field and then on the field. I felt like BYU was moving in a good direction, you know, with the coaches who came in. Um, I was just confident that we'd, we'd be able to win games here, and that's what I wanted to do, to come in and, you know, give what I could to a, a program that's had a lot of history of winning football games. And you've always dreamt of being, a you know, a quarterback. This has always been the position you wanted to play. Is it... Is it kind of you know surreal to, to be the starting quarterback in place you want to always be at? Yeah, yeah, it is surreal, you know, just to be here finally. But you know, hopefully to, to take it all in, put that aside, and just you know get to work and you know own, own this position now. What does Zach have to say to you since the transition took place now? Yeah, Zach's on board, man. He's a, he's a great teammate. You know, he's still in the, the meeting rooms with us on the field. You know, giving giving his eye what he's seeing. You know, he's very intelligent football and he knows the game. So he's been a big help and just a great teammate through it. Did so baseball help you in any way here? Did yeah. Playing baseball already. Yeah, for sure. You know, just you know, getting experience in a competitive sport at college, I feel like, helped me. You know, just to kind of get rid of the bright lights and you know, just to play the game for what it is. So BYU is zero and seven in the state of Florida. I think your dad might have been part of one of those games. Oh dang! Uh, oh. <laughs> anyway, why do you think that is? Do you think it's just going back east? The difficulty? Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even know that, that was a statistic on this. So I'm not sure. How is your preparation as the starter now any different? Maybe it's not than what it was when you were QB two. Yeah, just increased reps, you know, in practice every week. Everything else is the same, you know, being dialed into every play, what the defense is doing. So just uh, just the reps would be the only difference. Can you describe what it's like to have prepare yourself as to be one play away because you, you've been one play, but now yeah. you're in. Yeah, and that's that's you know how it always how you have to think about any sport you play. Is you're one play away from getting in. So your your mental focus, your preparation and practice when you're in the field playing, when you're off the field, you know it's got to be laser sharp. You have to be ready to go because you know, like you said, you could be one play away from getting in. So you got to prepare as if you're going to be you know the starter and who's out there every single play. I already mentioned your dad was a college athlete here. Your brother played here. 
what did your dad, I guess, in particular growing up kind of instill in you that's kind of helped you succeed to this point? Yeah, man, you just got to get over yourself, how good you think you are, and you got to work. You got to outwork everybody else. You got to be ready for the moment, you know, like now. And you just got to, you know, continue to do the things that others won't so that, you know, the next day you can you know, do what others can't. So that's kind of what he's instilled in me, just to continue to work, to forget about yourself. And no matter how good you think you are, just to keep going and getting better because there's always opportunities. How's your relationship with, with Aaron Roderick? Uh, I mean, because he was the guy that I think extended the first offer to you when yeah. he was at Utah. What's no, your relationship sure. with him? No, it's, it's great. You know, I've known him since high school early on. And, you know, he was one of the first coaches to really instill confidence in me and my you know, my abilities as a quarterback. So now to be under his wing here and you know learning from him every day is a, it's a blessing. It's been great. Since day one, your teammates have praised you for not just what you do on the field, but as a teammate. What does that mean to you to have the confidence of and the support of your teammates like that? Yeah, I, mean, I think it means that I'm you know, living as my parents have taught me to do. You know, I think the things you do off the field are, are far more important, and they, you know, they contribute to what you do on the field. So I'm you know, just being the best I can around my guys, being a good brother and a teammate, you know, always putting them before myself and you know, trying to be the best I can with them is, is huge. And like you said, it contributes to the field and your relationship out there. Last couple of questions. How do you feel you fit in this in this offense as it's currently constructed? Uh, great. I mean, it's what it's what we run for you know a year and a half now, and I've gotten comfortable in it to be able to you know, to do all aspects of what we what we do on the field. So I'm excited and you know, ready to see what we do this week. Every quarterback dreams of throwing that game-winning pass. Yeah. You've had one opportunity. How much have you looked at that, and what did you learn from just that particular moment? Because that's you know kind of the pinnacle, you know, that type of a moment, that type of opportunity. And you just learn to you know, make plays when you can, and you know, honestly, you know. Moving forward to South Florida to, you know, put into play what we've learned. So. What have you seen from South Florida on film? Yeah, they're a good defense. They're a great team. You know, they got good athletes. They're well coached. And, you know, we're going to have to execute well. Uh, we're confident our coaches will have a good game plan for us. But you know, we just got to go out there and do our job every play. You know, keep things simple and um, just make every play we can. Do you pride yourself on, on your film study and, and the, the work you put in behind the scenes when, when no one's seeing it watching? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where that's where all the magic happens on the field. You know, people see what you do, you know, on TV and when you're playing. But, you know, the real work happens behind the scenes, how much time you put in the film, you know, understanding what the defense is doing. So, that's a, that's a huge part of what we do, is, you know, especially in our quarterback room, is spending hours on film and you know, understanding what's going on. Anything else? Do you feel you have an advantage this week going against USF when you only have seven passing attempts in your collegiate career to this point, thinking they don't have much film on me? I haven't really considered that. No, I'm just going to go play and you know, expect that they'll run the defense they've been running, and uh, you know, we'll just go execute. There you go, Jaron Hall, BYU starting quarterback. And you can tell the young man is confident. He's ready to start. But he also didn't necessarily want to dig too much into the whole historical significance of his making a start as the first black American quarterback to start a game in a BYU uniform. But he says he also said it's surreal just to be here. I I completely get it. This is a young man. Kalen Hall, his father, was a running back for BYU in the early to mid-1990s, split time with guys like Jamal Willis, who has lived in Utah since that time and raised his sons, all of them big BYU fans. KJ was, of course, a running back for BYU, had his moments in a BYU uniform. Kyson Hall is currently playing at Maple Mountain High School, the program that has churned out Jaron and KJ Hall, and he's been a difference maker for that program. He's a great player in his own right, but still an awesome uh, story all the way around to see Jaron Hall doing what he's doing. He says he's ready. He's ready to go, and you can tell he's excited to be representing the school he grew up rooting for 
before, and I'm excited to see him play for BYU as the starting quarterback for the Cougars. Of course, we'll have more coverage for you all week long as we get ready for this game against South Florida right here on Locked On Cougars. Uh, let's get to, in a minute here, some of the news and notes about former Cougars and the pros, guys that have moved on to the NFL. Big time win for the San Francisco 49ers and Fred Warner last night. We'll run all of that down for you here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you today about our title sponsor on Locked On Cougars, and that is Deseret First Credit Union. Guys, you probably have seen it. You've probably seen the advertisements. Interest rates right now are crazy low, and it's a great time to consider refinancing your home. Deseret First Credit Union is asking all of their members, what is your why? What is your passion project? And they're encouraging you, if you have that passion project, you have something that you're pursuing, why not refinance your mortgage, put more money back in your pocket that you then can turn into funding your passion project. It's a fantastic way to go about making sure that you are keeping extra money that you can keep in your pocket in that pocket. Hopefully that makes sense. With no cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save up to hundreds of dollars. Even if a no cost refinancing isn't for you, the DFCU mortgage team will find the right loan for you. Whether you're a first time home buyer, you've got investment properties, regardless of where you're at in whatever stage of life, the DFCU Mortgage Team is here to help you guys out. Give them a call, 801-456-7070. Once again, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, as we close out this action-packed edition of Locked On Cougars on a Tuesday for you guys, wanted to run down how former Cougars in the pros did, both in the NFL and also overseas in the EuroLeague. We'll start off with the NFL. Ziggy Ansah, defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. Ziggy had a pretty quiet day despite starting with just one assisted tackle in the Seahawks' wild 30-29 win over the Rams on Thursday night. Football, Michael Davis started for the Los Angeles Chargers in their 20-13 loss to Denver. He tallied a pass deflection in that loss. Taysom Hill, the quarterback slash do-everything guy for the New Orleans Saints. Well, Teddy Bridgewater tossed four touchdown passes, so limited reps once again for Taysom Hill. He did officially start at wide receiver for the Saints in their 31-24 victory over the Buccaneers. He completed his only pass for 18 yards on a touchdown drive. Also carried the ball twice for 11 yards in that win. Let's go to Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots, one of two teams remaining undefeated in the NFL. Well, KVN started once again in the Pats 33 to seven route of the Washington Redskins. He tallied a quarterback hurry and a pass breakup in the win after an AFC uh, Player of the Week award the week prior in the win for New Orleans. Kyle Van Noy, not New Orleans, New England. Kyle Van Noy is showing out extremely well for the Patriots. It's awesome to see. Uh, Fred Warner last night, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, the other team who is now still undefeated in NFL action. They moved to 4-0 with a 31-3 route of the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Warner led the Niners with six tackles, five of them solo, and added a pass breakup in the win. Sione Takitaki, a linebacker for the Cleveland Browns on the other side of that blowout, he saw special teams action for Cleveland in their loss to the 49ers, but tallied no official statistics. Other players of note, Daniel Sorensen, he tallied two tackles, one of them a solo stop in the Kansas City Chiefs 19-13 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Jamal Williams was not active as he still is recovering from that helmet-to-helmet hit he took against Philadelphia in Week 4, an absolute cheap shot that Derek Barnett got away with. We'll digress on that, but just 
awful, plain and simple. And then one final note for you, Harvey Longy played extensively on special teams while seeing limited reps in the New York Jets 31-6 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. He tallied no stats in that. And then Bronson Kafusi, he was released by the Jets on Friday ahead of that game to the Eagles. He uh, officially played in three games for the Jets this year before uh, being cut. He had three tackles and a half sack on the season, but the story has a I guess a somewhat positive ending as Bronson Kafusi was signed yesterday to the New York Jets practice squad. Here's hoping that later in the season he can move back up to the active roster and resume playing on the 53-man roster for the New York Jets. So there you go. Everything going down in BYU sports news. We'll keep you updated each week when it comes to former Cougars and the pros, particularly in the NFL. One final note for you before we go. I guess two final notes for you. Jimmer Fredette playing overseas, of course, for Panathinaikos out of Reese had a big game and a big win as they uh, as Panathinaikos hammered Lavrio 112 to 81. Big ups to Jay Yeomans does a great job covering this stuff. Check out his stuff jmoneysports.com. Uh, Jimmer went had a big night. Game high 24 points in the win on 7 of 10 shooting from the field. He was 3 of 5 from the three point arc and a perfect 7 of 7 from the free throw line. He also added 5 assists, 3 rebounds, a block, and a steal in 23, just over 23 minutes of action. So just an absolutely monster performance for Jimmer. What Jimmer fans have come to expect from him playing overseas. It's awesome to see, plain and simple, to see him lighting it up overseas. They'll be back in action in EuroLeague action this week on Thursday. As they take on, let me run this down, LDLC Asvel Villarban. Hopefully I got that right. It's a team out of France, uh, French League power. LDLC Asvel Villarban will be who Panathinaikos faces in EuroLeague action on Thursday. Best of luck to Jimmer in that. Uh, the final note for you guys is the BYU men's golf team had a great showing on day one of the Jerry Pate Invitational. Uh, four Cougars under par on the day. Hopefully they can finish things off strong today. We'll keep you updated. They were uh, in first place after the first round by two strokes over Colorado State. We'll keep you updated on how things go in the final rounds today. Also, the women's uh, golf team is in action today as they head uh, to the Edine Ilenfelt Invite in Sammamish, Washington. That's at the Sahali Country Club. These names are not easy. They're in action today and tomorrow. We'll have updates for you as well on women's golf. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. Title sponsor of Locked on Cougars is Deseret First Credit Union. Give them a call for all of your financial needs. 801-456-7070. Also check out Vivid Seats. That'll do it for today's edition of the show. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked on Cougars. Follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you can always reach out to the show by emailing us locked on byu at gmail.com enjoy whatever's left of your tuesday we'll catch you on a wednesday hump day edition of the show this has been locked on cougars for october 8th 2019